0: my name is david j harris jr join me and millions of americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom this is the david j harris jr show hello friends and family from around the country and literally around the world this is another episode with your host David J. Harris Jr. I'm sorry. I'm excited today, my friends. I am so excited to have my guest on, friends. I shared a video of his. Uh, he's he's a very he's very much a, a unicorn in the existence of most of the liberal world. I, I, I'm, I'm honored and I'm glad that he has not been canceled. He's spoken very boldly about some things like Black Lives Matter. I shared a video of his last summer about BLM and what he believed uh BLM was and is and uh it went fire it was absolutely fire I also shared a video of his just uh, earlier this week that also was absolutely uh bonkers he was giving it to LeBron in a very classy but very straightforward way he was saying what so many of us really believe LeBron James should be saying without further ado my guest today Marcellus Wiley my brother how are you doing today Oh, man, I'm doing great. It's an honor. Let me get it
1: out. Let me eulogize you while you're still alive, man. I've been a big fan of yours for years, uh, following, commenting, just learning from your courage, your path, and how you express yourself to your followers. So uh, big kudos
0: to you, man. I'm proud of this moment. I'm glad I'm here. Well, thank you so much for that. It uh, It's still, it still, uh, you know, I pinch myself sometimes when I see, you know, individuals like you that I respect, that I uh, honor what you've done, what you've accomplished in life. And then they, f- I find out that they even know who I am. So I, I appreciate that brother, but the honor is definitely mine. Uh, so yeah. from, from going to Columbia University, from getting uh, picked, I believe second, were you second round or second pick? Let's clarify that. Woo! if I was second
1: pick, I might be somewhere in the Bahamas chilling on. Two <laughs> acres, no, I was a second round pick number 52 from Columbia. So, yeah, it was a blessed road to get that opportunity and play 10 years in the league, man. Yeah, it was love.
0: But man, second round. I mean, you got to you got to understand that's still amazing, period. How many people play sports, you know, try to get to the level that you got to and then successfully played for 10 years. Uh, I mean, you made your mark on the sport, my brother. You absolutely did. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I don't let it get lost. You know, I did smell
1: the roses. Uh, Obviously, coming from a small school, uh, you think that the road to the NFL is is pretty much against you in terms of opportunity. But if you work hard, stay disciplined, have the talent and uh, persevere through it all, you can make it. So it was great. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you could have went higher. I was like, yeah, I could have went not at all. You know, what I mean, like, let me be appreciative yeah. of the fact that I was a 52nd pick, and then once you get there, you hit the hard reset, and it's time to start up again, and let's roll.
0: Yeah. Well, you did it, and I, I love your uh, I love your thoughts behind success. I've seen, been watching you for a long time, talking about success. We're gonna talk about your book as well. Never shut up. I go- I got to get into that, but let's start off. Let's start off with what's recently. Been all over the news, all over uh, social media. Uh, we've got bar owners, different places that are saying we're not going to watch the NBA any longer until LeBron James either apologizes or at least owns up to it. Uh, I'm going to play this short clip that you uh, uh, that you were talking about LeBron on your show uh, on the Fox FS1 network, and then we'll get into a little bit deeper.
1: But LeBron James has to understand, man. He goes out there and says, "Well, you know, we live in two different Americas." Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe that America's divided. I just think we're different. And right now, it's getting highlighted more so than ever, so it's getting exaggerated. LeBron says he's scared to leave his house. Why? What? I'm not scared to leave my house, and I'm not LeBron James. I'm not enamored like LeBron James. He's scared to leave his house? We could have that conversation another day. LeBron James in this tweet, what does he say? Oh, man, the system. The system. The same system that is so broken, it allows you to become a billionaire and never get arrested in it. But the system is broken. Are you speaking for other people? We have enough people out here telling us what not to do, what goes wrong. How about somebody who
0: has made it? Somebody who has made it. How about somebody who has made it tell us what to do? So we'll we'll come right back to that one. But what do you think is going on inside the mind and heart of LeBron James? Somebody that is the wealthiest, most successful, potentially the GOAT, greatest of all time, basketball player. I know that's arguable. For a lot of different individuals that say he's no Jordan, but still he's reached a pinnacle in the sporting arena in the world that very few do. And I know he was open about, you know, in his show he had, I think it was on HBO or Showtime in the barbershop. He was talking about how at one point he didn't like white folks because that's how he was raised. And then he wound up, you know, understanding that they are people just like us. Now it's all back to this victimhood mentality. What do you think is really going on inside his mind?
1: Yeah, it's an impossible answer. Obviously, no one can journey into anyone else's mind or heart. Uh, One of the things I love to always remind myself is none of us should speak for all of us um, because we all are different. Uh, But let's take this this project on. Let's let's explore this situation as it's been presented to us. Um, I think right now LeBron James is suffering from something that a lot of people in transition from poverty and adversity to success suffers from, which is survivor's remorse, like the guilt of I made it and wow. the village didn't make it. So there are a few solutions. One, you try to bring the entire village with you. And we've seen Athlete after athlete, successful person after successful person from adversity return back to that same adversity because you can't bring the entire village with you. I don't care how much money you make. Um, It's about mindsets more than monetary resources. So I think watching LeBron James over the years has really uh, been a great case study because he's so uberly successful um, and he came from such adverse means. Um, Then you start to realize, what does he care for? What is he about? And one show I used to watch that he actually produced was called Survivor's Remorse. Exactly what I'm talking about. And it was a show about a basketball player who found himself always in issues because he was trying to help everyone out from the outside in. Instead of really trying to tap into that inner power and make sure that they can take care of their own paths and empower them. All of that in summation tells me that LeBron James right now is believing in a narrative and an agenda that he wants to continuously highlight and suppress all the things that are also a part of that same reality. So we all live existences that differ from the next person. And until you're full in that expression, no one's going to unite around a lie. And what's happening is LeBron James is just out of balance right now. He's trying to make sure he stays down. He's trying to make sure that everybody knows that he's still down, whatever that means. And when I was growing up, I used to look at the gangsters in my neighborhood, my surroundings, my people, my peers. And I was like, dog, none of us really want to be down. We just are down. And no one, uh, none of us raised our hand to be in this position. And we all would raise our hand to get out of this situation. So. Let's make sure that our minds are lending itself and our actions are to making that a reality. But once you make it, you have to provide that roadmap, not just in I play basketball or I was a producer or I was a CEO, but also in how you tackled on all of the hurdles and obstacles and your mindset and be real about your new realities. And that's what's happening with me And people are now saying I'm courageous or brave or profound. I'm like, no, I'm just in full expression. I know how hard it is. I know how hard it can seem. And I also know that there are some realities that are different from those same adversities. So LeBron is just suffering right now, I feel. And trying to highlight certain things that fit a narrow scope of his existence, but doesn't want to talk about his entire existence in totality. And I think he does a disservice to all those who follow him for that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a a drastic, it's a very dramatic, horrific disservice, because, as you said, people want to know about the ones that did make it with the with the really hard upbringings bounced around from, you know, from home to home, single parent stuff. Uh, or just coming from a very, you know, from a ghetto that just you, you, but you're glad you made it out because you didn't get shot and killed, and so many people around you where you were losing family and losing friends. Yet it seems like for LeBron and so many other athletes, they they get stuck in this, and I think your survivor's remorse is is right. They've survived, they've made it out, but they still want to seem down. And then uh, in comes Black Lives Matter movement you know, and paint and put paint and black lives matter on the, on the courts uh, kneeling for the, for the Anthem, you know, in opposition to what the flag to me, that's what it looks like to me is they're, they're kneeling in opposition to the flag, this beautiful flag I got behind me that represents why we have the freedoms that we have and why they were even given the opportunity they were given to become successful. It's just a, it's like all backwards. How, how do we, how do we flip it around? What what can we say to the young people out there that are listening to Any athlete, LeBron or anybody else, or any any celebrity, any music, some of these music stars, these music celebrities have tens of millions, even hundreds of millions of followers, and they're quick to jump on the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, How can we change that? And what's your opinion of, of Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I mean,
1: a lot here. Let's just start off with what you're paying attention to. I learned growing up that attention is invention. So whatever you pay attention to, you will invent, you will create, it will manifest, it will become real. And I saw that with guys in my class, you know, my teammates, whatever. Hey, I want to be the most popular dude in the school. Well, cut up, make a few jokes, ditch school, do all the things that, you know, short-sighted and narrow-minded people do. It's going to win right now, but it's going to be the wrong game to play in the long term, in the long game. Um, I saw people wanting to be, you know... uh, The the one in the hood. I wanted to be the man. Okay, well, you know how to do that. Get some some money, some fast money. Do whatever you got to do. And then that's going to turn into something that's going to win now, but probably lose later. So attention is invention. Let's start there. And you need to pay attention to yourself. You need to go inside yourself, your inner power, the God in you, your faith, believe in yourself. Because right now, our attention is outwardly. Our attention is on our phone, social media, stars, celebrity, community, uh, state, government. Like everybody's trying to fix themselves from the outside in. And that's not how it works. I'm sorry to tell you, the game is rigged against all of us. If you do nothing in life, I guarantee you one thing, you're going to be poor. I guarantee you one thing, you're not going to do much. (laughs) If you don't give it all you got, there are no guarantees. Here's a story for you, David. I had a special teams coach tell me this. He said, look, none of y'all want to play special teams. We know everybody wants to be the starter on offense, starter on defense, be the man who wants to play special teams. We're forgotten. But since you're here, this is your mindset. If you go 100 percent all the time, I can't guarantee you you'll ever block a kick. But if you don't go 100 percent, I will guarantee you, you will never block a kick. I take that to life. I don't know if anything is guaranteed, David, being real, but I go 100 percent because I'm going to give myself that chance, that opportunity. And I have to do it. I can't wait for someone else to grab my hand. And then we're going to walk Kumbaya all the way to success. You got to be on that grind and you got to be about it. And I just look at kids today and I'm like, man. They are not being properly guided and properly nurtured, especially when celebrities
0: who have platforms are not sharing their balanced reality. No, they're they're not. And that's the sad thing. You know, it sounds a whole lot like you believe in hard work, uh, good, good ethics, good morals. You you get out what you put into it. Uh, These are these are really conservative values. They're really the values that are based on capitalism as well. It seems to me like you'd be somebody that was that would have voted for Donald Trump. Am I right or am I right? Well, it ended up being that. Yeah, I did vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> it didn't start off like that. Um, well, was, that's that's the, tr- r- that's the truth for so many people, right? You know, a lot of people were looking at somebody else, but then yeah. as the as the race progressed, it's like Trump wins people over. So, so you're. I think I asked you this before. Just so we're being clear here. Nobody's ever asked you who you voted for. You, you are very prominent. You are out there on FS1. You are doing your thing. You're speaking sense. You're speaking truth. Why do you think nobody's ever asked you if you voted for President Trump? Um, I think it's two, two responses to that. One,
1: uh, I was a very public supporter of Andrew Yang. And being real, if Andrew Yang would have uh, won and got the Democratic nod, uh, I would have voted for Andrew Yang. Um, but right. two... No one wants to hear that a black man from Compton voted for Donald Trump. That just doesn't fit. (laughs) That doesn't fit the song that is playing right now. That's not the dance you're supposed to do to the song that's playing in this country right now in terms of narrative. So uh, what what I'm trying to make sure everyone understands is we're all different. Every one of us has a different fingerprint. Every one of us has a different signature. And it's okay because you're not going to put me in a box. The only box I fit in is no box. That's simple as it is. And I want every single person to realize that when I was growing up, they kept calling me a nerd and they kept calling me a punk. In other words that you can't even say now, worse than that. And I'm so glad I had a family. I had a Mm. nuclear family and structure that told me, "Bruh." Doesn't matter what they call you. It's what you pay attention to, what you listen to, what you actually put inside of you and internalize. So I hear all of the calls right now. People call me all types of names and they call me a coon when I say something conservative. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not left or right. I'm a straight shooter and I'm going to go wherever the truth is going to take me. So when you call me a sellout, David, you know what I say? I'm not a sellout. I just don't buy in to B.S., (laughs)
0: that's good that's good and it's funny because you know it's it should be common sense to me i'm like i'm like a common sense captain i'm gonna look for and find and try to speak things that just make sense the problem is there's so much stuff that just doesn't make sense or the the they're pointing the finger at things they shouldn't be pointing at uh to put us in a box like race you know, if there's one thing that's systemically racist in this country, I think it's every time you got to fill out a medical form and you got to check a box. I'm black. I'm white. I always put other because my dad's black. My mom was white, Irish descent. So I'm like, wait, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fit in nobody's box. I'm me. But I mean, again, that's for the whole census bureau. I think it's all BS. We're all one race, the human race, and we should all be wanting to pay attention to and follow facts and follow common sense. Yeah, so I'm glad we got you're speaking that. I'm glad you're speaking common sense. Before I get into the BLM, uh, the entire BLM thing, because I got a clip to play as well of you. Uh, You went off on that. And this is probably where you got a lot of the hate, a lot of the coon and all the other racist jargon that you got. I'm sure that's where it is. Uh, I'm going to play that in just a second. But real quick, I got a word from today's sponsor. Friends, if you love the David Harris Jr. show, if you love the guests I bring on, you want to support me, Get over to Mike Lindell's My Pillow and buy something. I've got his slippers, I've got three of his different slippers here. Uh, they're comfortable. They're so good. Uh, I love his sheets. I love his towels. I love his mattress topper as well. Mike is a good friend of mine. He's been canceled by 25 big box stores, including Costco. He's lost $65 million in revenue. He's trying to launch free right, com right now to give us an alternative social media platform that's not restricted and censored and, and uh, people getting canceled left and right and it's being attacked nonstop. He needs our support. Get over to MyPillow.com, find yourself something nice, and use that code TRUMP2020 when you do because uh, Mike said he's still believing that there's something that's going to happen. We don't know what it is, but he said, I'm going to keep that up. So use that code TRUMP2020 over at MyPillow.com. All right, Marcellus, I got to play a little bit of this clip, and then I'll let you break it down. I'm only going to play about 30 seconds of it uh, because you went off on the entire BLM. There's so many... Good, well-meaning, good-hearted Americans, black, white, brown, that are getting sucked into this narrative that black lives don't matter or that that or that or we're oppressed and that there's systemic racism in the system that is keeping us down, keeping black people down, and then they jump on this whole Black Lives Matter bandwagon. And uh, you you shared something that went off. I'm only going to share a little bit of this. I'll share a little clip, but then I want you to unpack it.
1: matter how great, the intentions are and we all know the road to hell is paved with good intentions intentions. so it's an interesting play right here i don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of black lives matter but i did and when you look into it there's a couple things that jump out to me and i'm a black man who's been black and my life has mattered since 1974 and this organization was founded in 2013 i'm proud of you but I've been fighting this fight for me and for others a lot longer. Two things: my family structure is so vital important to me now all
0: right before we I'm gonna, since we've got you, the man that broke this thing down uh let's jump into it because there's still so many people that are stuck that are caught in this you know this dichotomy between I'm a good person, but I'm listening to the mainstream media, I'm listening and seeing everything that's happening right the Derek Chauvin was just convicted of murdering George Floyd, which I think he needed to be. I I, I saw the video when it happened. I was like, I was so distraught. I couldn't believe that that this cop would sit there with his knee on his neck, back, whatever, for that long till he's lifeless, period. But that's overshadowed with all of this BLM stuff, trying to point a finger and say, see, we told you there's systemic racism. Cops are bad. They add all this stuff to it. So give us your feedback on, uh, on BLM and then uh, uh, anything else you want to cover that has to do with systemic racism.
1: Yeah, it, it's such a tough conversation because so many people are sitting there silent as the silent majority. Uh, so many people have been polarized in this conversation that all you're hearing highlighted is those who support BLM. And I'm not against BLM. I just know that if you want my support in anything, in any endeavor, I'm going to read through what you are trying to do in intention, and then I'll let you know if I will support. Once I read through the bylaws, the guidelines of BLM, I said, oh, whoa, 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 nuclear family. I didn't see any mention of the father. Um, I heard a lot of jargon and elastic language and conjecture, but I didn't hear anything explicitly highlighting the role of a father. I'm a father. So already strike one, two and three, really. But I'm going to continue to read through this. After that, you start to realize that all Black lives don't matter, whatever the slogans are that go against what Black Lives Matter is, because I can't lie about my reality. I grew up in Los Angeles, Compton, California, South Central in the 70s, in the 80s. My grandmother moved from Watts in 1965 after the watch riots because it was too violent. She moves to Greener Pastures, Compton, California. My mother, after having two kids by the age of 19, moves to Greener Pastures, so close to Windsor Hills, which is a nice neighborhood, middle-class neighborhood. But we were all Slauson, South Central. And I'm just like, I can't lie about that reality and that existence. I never feared the police. Matter of fact, I look forward to seeing the police so many times at games, at dances, at events, because I was like, yo, they act up. We had shootings, it seemed like, every month or two growing up at at my school. We got shot at one time pre-game in the ninth grade playing against another team in the daytime largely because they already were scared that there would be a shooting or some violence. We're playing at 3 o'clock early because of that same reason and it came to reality. So you fast forward and Black Lives Matter becomes an organization in 2013. I let everyone breathe. I let everyone have social space and room to create. But when I realized that what your intention is, is not to continue to evolve those that you're saying you're standing for, not to continue to allow those people who support, as they say, not only the organization, But the actual mantra, the actual statement, you're leading them in the wrong direction. Here's why. We don't highlight, and we need to highlight, the 7,500 Black people who are killed every single year from all types of parts of life, Blacks, white, police, whatever, it all aggregates to 7,500. But then we just want to highlight the select few that are only killed by police officers. And we all know the tens of millions of encounters that Black people have with the police. And what is the police fatality rate in terms of killing Black people? 250. When you go down to unarmed Black people, I think it's like nine.
0: It was Come 10. on, man. And, I, yeah, and, and, and not all of them, even though they were unarmed, uh, were not making some violent, uh, aggressive stance towards the police when it happened the couple that uh, that were just literally unarmed the, char- the there was actually charges brought so i love that you're bringing that point up because i i i so wish that all these celebrities everybody that wants to endorse blm everybody that wants to talk about it i wish they would say well what about the black on black crime 90% of the homicides against black individuals in this country Are And again, we're 13 percent of the population, but it's not 13 percent of the population that's committing those those acts of violence and murders. It's it's a 19 to 30 year olds. So we've got a small segment, three, four percent of the population that's responsible for 50 percent of violent crimes in this country and 90 percent of the deaths of black people. When are the celebrities, the people that have followings, that have platforms going to address that? Well,
1: unfortunately not too many will because they all suffer from that same guilt. They all wanna stay down. And only thing that's happening is keeping people down because you're not focusing on the real things. I take it back to sports, Um, not to make light of any of these situations, but coach always said, work on your left hand layups. Like if you wanna be a complete player, you wanna be a complete person, you gotta talk about your weaknesses and highlight those first before you can work even to the fullest in your strength. So as a people, as a person, I am not scared to talk about my issues, my transgressions. I'm not scared to talk about the things that have kept me down because I've grown from them. I've learned from them. And until we fully address our situation for what it really is and stop trying to just highlight this symptom, police brutality, this symptom, police killings, and the real illness that starts at home, that starts at the family with every ethnicity, every race, especially ours. Until we have that real honest conversation that I have with myself, with my followers, then we're not going to fix this in, in whole. And it's sad because we have enough people with wherewithal. We have enough people who have the resources and capital and the acumen. But they're scared because they're scared that we've left so many others behind. And I get it. But you have to show them where you are and how to get there instead of you turning back to where they are in mentality just to suffice them, just to make them happy and appease them. It's really a backwards way of thinking and doing, but so many have fallen victim to it.
0: Well, and I think think you're right. I think there's also an element of cancel culture, right? (laughs) People are afraid to speak up. Marcel, they're kind of afraid to say they're afraid that it's easier to just go along to get along and not rock the boat. Uh, you know, what what's what's the ending of cancel culture? If if we don't put a butt on it right now, I mean, I think we're seeing it with the ratings from the Oscars, you know, dropping from 49 million to 29 million to uh, $11 million, 11 million or whatever. It's like I think America is waking up at this hypocrisy that is cancel culture when it comes to these people that aren't talking about the real issues.
1: Yeah, I don't give cancel culture any credence, any energy like you're not canceling me, like especially now with the Internet. Good luck. Cancel me. I'm here now. You could try to suppress me. You try to put me in a corner, but it's not going to work. So I'm going to speak my truth. I'm not scared of the consequences. One. And everyone should feel that way, being real. But people are tired. And that's how I think you get the energy behind a cancel culture. Like it's almost like I call it the electric dog collar. This is it. We have a narrative. <laughs> Those who fit the narrative, you get to play in the yard. But if yeah. you get outside the yard, <laughs> hey, and we've seen what happened. Like, being real, when they went after the Ice Cube for trying to yes. guarantee billions of dollars, Ice first of all, Ice Cube helped raise me as a poet, as a person who I could look at and say, yeah. he is talking about my conditions, my circumstances. Mm. But I can live through his music vicariously. That means I ain't got to do the drive-by. That means I don't have to go out there and rob anybody and do all this stuff. Ice Cube told me what I already see every single day in my reality, and now the message is sent. But when they went after someone as authentic as Ice Cube, I said, oh, this has no end. This this knows no way. It's silly. So I don't wear electric dog collar. I'm going to roam freely wherever I want to be and however I want to. And I empower everyone, no matter what your class level is, no matter what your social status is, is to speak your truth. And that's the yeah. only way we're going to have unification. But to try and put a collar on me and say, Marcellus, be careful. You don't fit that narrative.
0: You don't. <laughs> Good luck. No juice in that collar, bro. Well, I'm thankful there's no juice in that collar. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like I'm wondering how much of this – is from your book. I, I cannot wait to read it. Hopefully you'll send me a signed copy uh, and yeah, I'll dive gotcha. into it. And then I'll do some more of uh, promo after it. I'm sure I'm going to love it, but your, your new book, never shut up. The life opinions and unexpected adventures of an NFL outlier. Uh, never get up, never, never shut up. And that's like, that's got me all over it. I don't, I don't like to shut up. I don't like anybody tell me to shut up, but why did you write that book?
1: Uh, the title says a lot. And I'm I'm really talking to the essence that you possess, your unique essence, who you really are. Never shut up telling this world who that person is. Mm. Now, that's all I'm trying to say to people. And once people understand where I'm coming from, they're going to feel the power in the message and they're going to feel the power in them persevering on their own path. Success looks different to everybody. Literally, I was a fork in the road kid. Uh, on my mm. Batman tool belt, I had three things. I believed in myself. I believed that I was a good athlete. And I believed I was a good student. That was it. Mm. Like, I didn't have all the tricks in the world. I just knew that if I believed in those three things, they were going to take mm. me places. Now, wow. you fast forward, the world told me all the time that none of those things would manifest. Me, right. me being a smart black kid growing up, people was like, and what you going to do? And I wanted to become a school teacher. Literally, fork in the road. Professional. You were valed- class valedictorian, right? Oh, uh, that's what they say. I don't remember that, but uh, <laughs> I let Google. <laughs> I let Google and Wikipedia tell me that. I <laughs> thought, uh, <laughs> what about was. what about what about typewriting? Were you a typewriting champion too? I was a typewriting champion, academic decathlete, uh, California Scholastic <laughs> Federation national uh, scholar. Like, yeah, I was a nerd, wow. bro, and I was proud yeah. of it, but. All I'm trying to highlight to people is everyone try to discourage me. You're not going to the NFL. and certainly when I went to Columbia, Marcellus, you're not going to make it from Columbia. No one makes it to the NFL from Columbia. And wow. that's the beauty. Never shut up and telling this world
0: who you're going to be. I don't give a damn what they say in return. So good. Well, we need so much more of that. Where can everybody get your book? Never shut up.
1: Uh, you can go to com. It's on Amazon, uh, local bookstores. Uh, it's still around. But I just want everybody to understand, man, David, you're doing a tremendous job of just speaking your truth. Um, and I know that a lot of times it gets framed as, oh, he's different. He's so courageous. But we all have those inner powers. Like what we're tapping into, David, myself, many others, is something we all possess, But we can't get discouraged and we can't get misguided by what's happening right now in Agenda. And I'm a person that allows you to be who you are because you're going to certainly allow me to be who I am. And because we have that mutual agreement as a society, as a culture, then that's how we can have the building blocks to success and true unity. Until then, it's just going to be fragmented like it is right now. And I'm right. You're right. I'm on the left. You're on the right. You're liberal. You're conservative. And I grew up around that. I grew up around. I'm a crip. I'm a blood. And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to go home and get these, <laughs> trying to get these books,
0: trying to make it to the league. And I want everybody to feel like they have that freedom to be themselves. So last question and message for those watching right now that may be in sports, that maybe uh, they're in California and a lot of these blue states. I mean, we're just speaking it real. A lot of the blue states are still shut down. People that the youth can't uh, can't practice, they can't do sports. My niece is in Northern California; her season was canceled. What is your message to the young people out there watching that are saying, literally, we've never faced something like this before? They can't play sports; they're not playing sports. Uh, where where should their focus be? What's what's your message of hope for them? Oh man, it's so sad to see tomorrow's generation
1: and adults get caught up in the wash of the politics at play right now. And just based on locale, how your world could look so different and is politically based instead of just based on the science, based on the data, based on the facts. It's really sad because I live out here in Los Angeles, California, so I see it as well. Get on the phone with someone who's in a different part of the country and it's a completely different reality. Um, This is just another Another opportunity to show your perseverance. Um, I got to personalize it, I guess. A lot of people say I'm an exception because of what I've accomplished. And you know, you go from Compton to Columbia. You go from Columbia to the NFL, go from NFL to broadcasting. I always hear people highlight, especially parents, you're an exception. And I'm like, mm, well, this is how you become an exception. Be exceptional. Whatever you possess in passion, whatever you possess in talents, Highlight that. First of all, take notice of that. And then it's going to be a process. Success is not linear. It doesn't just always go your way. I've grown. I've been able to be blessed in so many moments that actually were not for me, against me. My mama said no. The school said no. I I couldn't do it. And just because you have to take a step back doesn't mean you can't take two steps forward. So perseverance is something I always want to highlight to kids, especially. Because they're always told, you got to have talent. You got to work hard. You got to be disciplined. You got to be dedicated. Yes, 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 yes. Here's one that's not properly highlighted. You have to finish your race. And you have to give it 100% while you're running. It's that simple. As Bill Belichick always tells his players, Uh, more games in the NFL are lost than won. You know what that means? More teams are going to mess up, and we're going to take advantage of it, than teams go out there and just beat your butt. So if you (laughs) learn that about football, you can learn that about life. Most of the people that say they want to do what they want to do, they ain't going to do it. They don't even want to finish it. Persevere on top of all the other talents you possess. That's how you get where you want to go.
0: Well, and we're we're listening to somebody that absolutely knows exactly what he's talking about. Let's get a full frame. I, I love all your helmets behind you, all the teams you played for. I'm gonna go to full frame so you can show off those. Mm.
1: I got more up top. This is hey hey David, this lets you know how good and bad I was in the NFL. Too many damn teams. Look at that.
0: <laughs> love that those. is awesome, my brother. Those. Not not many people have tasted what you have, were successful. Uh, Ten years is a long time in the NFL, and uh, you did it. And now you're now you're you know in media broadcasting. You're holding it down, brother. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud of your voice. We need more individuals that are strong, courageous, and willing to to speak right through the minutiae of propaganda and politics, and speak right to the heart of people. So I just pray God would continue to. Uh, broaden your tent pegs give you a a wider audience give you a bigger platform for you to share your message and share your truth because i know he's with you and i know we uh we as a, a country need that
1: yeah appreciate that man and just to echo what you said uh we're all in this together so we might as well pull in the same direction and understand that it's okay we're not divided stop letting them tell you we're divided we're yes. just different. And it's yes. okay to be different. We look, yes. every time I put my hand in the huddle, no one else's hand looked like mine's. His was messed up. His was lighter. His was darker. His was fatter. His was skinnier. Who wow. gives a damn? We in here to do one thing and we got to do it together. So let's go.
0: Yes, let's go. Marcellus, thank you so much, my brother, for jumping on uh for having you on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Keep speaking your truth. And I'd love to have you back on again in the future. Sound good? Sounds great, man. Continue success, David. Let's do it. All right. Bless you, my brother. Friends, make sure you go to marcelluswiley.com. Uh, get his book, Never Shut Up. I absolutely know you're going to love it. I know I'm going to love it. He needs our support. And we need to get these books in young people's hands that are having a hard time understanding what to do right now with this pandemic, with this pandemic pandemic this lockdown everything else that's going on we need reasons for hope for faith for courage and we need to get that in the hands of as many young people as possible so friends thank you so much for tuning in make sure you get over to mypillow.com, get something over there for yourself or a family member or friend and use that code trump 2020 when you do god bless you all i will see you again next time have a great rest of your evening let me get this over here all right bye bye <laughs> My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show.